Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry, West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. As a disclaimer, views expressed in interviews are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent those of My Ag Life, JCS Marketing, and its employees. This podcast is sponsored by Agroplante. Imagination, innovation, science in action. All right. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. Today we're talking with Jeff Merritt of Axiom Ag about growing large, high-quality fruit with nutrition. Sounds simple, but it really isn't, and we'll hear that now. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So, Jeff, let's start off by talking about the stages of growth that affect fruit size and quality, you know, bud development and bloom, cell division, and fruit fill. Uh, In general, what are the nutrients that are most important to these stages for fruits here so there's there's different nutrients that are important for the each one of these different stages uh, the three that pop up in all of them are actually zinc manganese and boron the reason that zinc manganese and boron are important is because they actually help to transport a lot of other nutrients in and out throughout the plant uh, so that's why those three are particularly important in all of them. Other than those, each section kind of has its own nutrient that's most important depending on the stage of growth that the plant's actually in. Certainly. And is that also going to depend on the specific commodity that you're dealing with as well? Or is it maybe universal? It's pretty universal. So certain commodities need more of different nutrients during different times and their timing will be slightly different. But the physiological stage of the plant is pretty similar whether you're talking about citrus or cherries or almonds. They all kind of use the same nutrients. It's just a matter of when and how much do you apply. Certainly. And can the same be said there for some of those micronutrients out there as well, Jeff? Yeah, the micronutrients, you're, you're going to use them in everything. They're definitely needed because it's a, it's a true physiological process within plants in general. And for that matter, it doesn't matter whether it's row crops or it is, you know, citrus trees. They are going to need those nutrients and they're going to perform similar functions. It's just a matter of kind of how much you need and when it really wants to take it. Certainly. And Jeff, cytokinins are also important to growing fruit as these drive plant hormones to really put energy into that reproductive phase, get that fruit going. Can a grower actually influence cytokinin activity with anything they're doing in their nutrition program? Yeah. So cytokinins are technically a secondary metabolite. So secondary metabolites take about three times more energy out of your plant to produce than a simple sugar. So we have to have healthy plants if we're actually going to try and produce cytokinins. Now your plant will produce some cytokinins naturally, especially when it's getting out of that bloom stage. But when we start to look at the production of cytokinins and how we can increase that, this is where a lot of guys will lead towards a seaweed application. Uh, It's not necessarily incredibly effective, but that is the most effective time to apply a seaweed. So when we start looking at it, we're looking for a PGR, a plant growth promoter, uh, that is a derivative of seaweeds that really chelate out and suck out all the cytokinins on that. And then we can triple, 
quadruple the efficacy of an average application of that with some of these newer products that we have on the market. Certainly. And now facilitating cytokinin activity, is this something that's absolutely necessary for all nutrition programs or is it program specific? Uh, so you can get away without doing it, yeah, but we, we don't want to leave that up to chance. So we're trying to grow big fruit every year. The, the consumer wants larger fruit. Uh, there's There's been a couple industries lately where we can see, hey, the small sizes, we're just not getting paid for it. When we can get that fruit up to the larger size, we get paid significantly more. So it may not be a part of a lot of people's programs, but it definitely should be something that growers are at least asking their crop advisors about. How can I increase that cytokine production? What can I put on? Uh, so when we're talking just mineral nutrition, uh, phosphorus is going to be key, and then that zinc, manganese, boron, uh, as well as calcium. All all those kind of work in conjunction with one another to help produce cytokinins. And then we got to add the plant hormones to really take that up a whole nother level. Certainly. And Jeff, you were just giving a presentation on this exact topic for the 2023 Citrus Showcase, and something you were mentioning was kind of uh, a little bit about what you were just talking about is like you can risk. Um, taking that chance, but at the same time, it's probably not going to be beneficial to, to most programs here and that uh, maybe the growers out there that are choosing to take those risks these days, and, you know, it might not be the best choice in this day and age with what we're dealing with in agriculture. Um, can you kind of maybe speak on, on why that is? Yeah, we're seeing a, a very big push on higher quality on and so the growers who are just doing it the same way we've always done it before are really suffering right now and the guys who are trying to cut corners and say hey i'm going to save a little bit of money here and a little bit of money there they're really paying for it on the back end even if they think that they aren't and so it is tempting and sometimes it's even very financially difficult to do the right thing on your field throughout the growing season knowing that we're getting real tight on our margins but when you come to the end, if you don't do those things correctly, typically you're going to suffer even greater for it by the time you actually get to harvest. Thanks for that, Jeff. We're going to be right back after a word from our sponsors. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante, imagination, innovation, science in action. Hi, we're back talking with Jeff Merritt of Axiom Ag about growing large, high quality fruit with nutrition. So, Jeff, getting more specific into nutrients beneficial to fruit growth, you know, let's talk a little bit about calcium. It's something you were stressing in your presentation today. What's best for applying? Is the most success currently being found with soil or foliar applications out there? Calcium is a nutrient that's almost completely immobile once it's in your plant or once it gets into the phloem of your plant technically. So we want to get calcium in through the roots. 
there are very few products that are on the market where you can apply foliar calcium and then actually get into the fruit. You may see an increase in your tissue test saying that you have more calcium, but it's not being transported into your fruit. Mm -hmm. So it's a very ineffective way of doing it. And typically the products that are effective are pretty expensive. So we're looking at how can we get that calcium in through the roots and up out into the actual fruit to get us a better fruit quality, a more stable piece of fruit, longer shelf life, more resistance to uh, fungal and disease pressures. So that's what we're really wanting. Certainly. I'm curious, you say that um, it's pretty immobile when it's in the plant. Is there something um, that you can add to the plant that makes it more mobile? Is that even worth adding to the plant in any given situation? So typically you're not adding that to the plant. Typically that's mm -hmm. going to come in the, in the product and what that calcium is actually wrapped in. So what we typically are looking at, we're looking at the hydroxy acids. We're looking mm -hmm. at true organic acids. And what we're doing is we're actually complexing that calcium so that it can transport throughout the fruit and it doesn't get stuck in the different levels throughout the xylem uh, as it's trying to get up to that fruit. So we're trying to make sure that calcium doesn't interact. If you ever put uh, calcium in like 1034 in a tank, you'll see it turns into a rock. Well, we don't want that to happen in your plant either. We want to protect that calcium and actually get it up into the fruit without it interacting with a whole bunch of stuff and being basically made irrelevant. Certainly. And Jeff, you briefly mentioned there uh, the use of alpha hydroxy acids. It's something you're really pushing for in general with plant nutrition. And these AHAs contain something called a lactobionate. Can you maybe explain the benefits uh, of these two things hand in hand here and how they can maybe upgrade a nutrition program in general? Yeah, so if we, when you look at the history of, of where we've been, humic and fulvic acids have, have played a very big part. And so now we're kind of graduating to that next level and we're seeing, oh, we can actually clean this up and get into these alpha hydroxy acids, these true organic acids. One of them is the lactobionate. What's really cool about the lactobionate is it actually has more than 2.2 five times the calories of straight glucose. Mm -hmm. So it's an incredibly heavy carbon. And what we're doing is we're putting all of that energy into the plant. The plant is getting the energy to process whatever the molecule is. In this case, since we're talking about calcium, it's getting the energy that it needs to process that calcium and then go into the fruit. So we're not only taking that and getting calcium into our plant, we're actually giving our plant the energy that it needs to transport it and to grow even more rapidly. Certainly. And Jeff, you know, even after taking care of nutrition in these optimal, optimal ways that you're referencing, plants, you know, can sometimes still look barren. Um, in citrus, for example, things like marl frenching disease can really take over and, and that, you know, it's, it's just something that can be perplexing to the grower sometimes. Um, but what can they really do to maybe even avoid these instances? Yeah, so these topics get kind of difficult, right? You, you start and you go, man, I've done everything right. What is going on? And then you take a tissue test from somebody else and you go, oh, well, maybe I haven't done everything right. This is where we use our integrated ratios. And so whenever we can look at the ratio of, in the marl Frenching case, zinc to manganese and see where those are, now we can really start to diagnose and get back on the plant. And we can see, oh, man, I thought I had 
enough, but really I had way too much of one and I had way too little of the other. And those two minerals interact with each other. So in moral Frenching, we're talking zinc and manganese. We can try to put this on and try and put it on, but if it's getting stuck in, in the throughout the plant, they can't interact with one another. So what we're doing is we wanna make sure we're using the right forms and then that we have the right ratios of these nutrients in the plant at the same time. Great way to put that, Jeff. Anything else on this topic here? Yeah, whenever we're really looking at these citrus trees, um, like one of the issues that we've really come across is the C35 rootstock on, on tangos, and we're just noticing this dieback. And so we know we have a rootstock incompatibility with that specific variety. But the question is, how do we go about combating that? I don't want to just give up on a field that's, you know, six, seven years old, just coming into production and it's starting to die. We, we want to be able to fix that. And so when, whenever we're using the correct products that are a lot smaller in particle size and they're actually complex, not just chelated, we can start to go through a lot of these issues. And when you work with the plant, you can actually fix a lot of those long term instead of just putting a band-aid over it and saying, oh, I want to drop the pH for a little bit. And in reality, you're going to wind up causing a bigger problem for you later down the road to get a short term benefit. Certainly. Jeff, thanks for coming on the show today and kind of talking about some of these issues related to nutrition, your point of view on, you know, how you think growers should be addressing nutrition in their fruit trees uh, these days. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Fantastic. This is Taylor Charleston for My Ag Life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for updates, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.